voice. And he's speaking today. I know that for a fact. It's so good to be here this morning. Does anyone have anything I'd like to share before Brother Robert comes and brings our devotion? I like that first, too. Um, I think that the Lord's word is Accepted 
Heavenly Father, again, we just ask that you to be with all the prayer requests that have been made this like this to, to come to and worship and and to, to, um, to, to praise him this morning um, we'll get right into this I've, I've listened to some of our podcasts lately and I realized that a couple things about myself I, you know you hear your voice you kind of it kind of freaks you out a little bit it does me uh, two things is sometimes I sound a little bit like Jerry Flower and that scares me and um, sometimes I get really long-winded so I'll just both of those but, um, if you'd like to turn with me today um, the fourth chapter of Philippians and I studied a little bit and, and I was reading this and it just came to me that it's con con uh, commitment and contentment go together and um, in the fourth uh, chapter the fourth verse is where I'm going to start. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known unto God. And the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through uh, Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. These things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. But, uh, but I rejoice in the Lord greatly, now that um, at the last your care of me hath flourished again, wherein you were also careful, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in respect of walk, for I have learned, and whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry both abound and to suffer me. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There's two verses in that that, that um, I think about occasionally. I think about, um, uh, of course, that I can do all things through Christ. That's something that we, you know, we see on plaques and bookstores and stuff. But just thinking about um, verse 9, those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. 
Um, I wish I could live a life that I could tell everybody that sees me, do what I do. I'm afraid I don't do that all, all the time. But Paul said, you know, the things you've learned from me, the things you've heard from me, the things you've seen me do, do those things. He lived close enough through a commitment, through a commitment to Christ, that he was confident in saying, if what you see me do, it's okay to do. What I tell you, it's okay to do. I'm telling you, I'm telling you this in the Lord. So, um, you know, that, that verse um, just gets me that, that Paul walked that close after his conversion, that he could say that. Um, and and, and uh, not that I speak in respect of walk, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Um, if you ever get feeling sorry for yourself, if you ever get thinking, poor, poor, pitiful me, think about that verse. Whatever state, if you're with Him, if you're in, in, in uh, fellowship with Him, whatever state you're in, you're in a really good place. Sure. And if it's uh, lifted up, uh, or if it's down low, take take solace in the fact that no matter where I'm at, I'm down in the valley and up on the mountain. If I'm in need of money, if I've got more money than I know what to do with, I'm in a good place with Him. So that, that's that's what I got this morning. And uh, if anyone got anything you'd like to say uh, at this time, I. Uh, Listening to the podcast, I, I really enjoy the testimonies that people give. Yeah, and sometimes you you know you don't hear them as good, uh, uh, but uh, this little mics did a pretty good job picking up, and, and, and you can hear. So uh, yeah, I enjoy those things, and I still encourage you to to, to listen, go back and listen to those uh, podcasts again because uh, they're really good. And, and uh, you know, you, sometimes you get something out of the second hearing of it that you wouldn't, that you didn't get out of first hearing. Anyone? anyone? Actually, yeah. it's just, it's weird and awfully weird, but I love how God works. Um, I have a co-worker that is going through the divorce. She's got two little boys. She's just having a really hard time. She's another nurse, and she was asking me questions, you know, and um, it was Friday, and we stayed there and talked for like 30 minutes past time to leave, you know, and she was just asking me how, you know, how can I, you know, I want to be happy where I am in the season that I'm in, and this, this whole thing, and I was talking about how to be content and know that God has you where you are right now for a reason, and you need to hang on to Him, and do as what he is asking you to do for right now, you know, and, and be happy in that because he's working behind the scenes and you just don't realize it. And then this, I literally took a picture of this and just sent this to her because this gets right on where she, her mindset needs to be right now because she's having such a hard time. So I like this. I just love how God brought that in today. Just, just remember that. Uh, contentment comes with commitment. It does. Okay, if there's no one else, uh, we'll take our classes at this time.
Sunday school? Yes. I'll be the gallery. Papa. Are you going with you? Discombobulated this morning. Who's that one? I see the major. Oh, actually, I tell you the truth. Alfred Maryland said, I'll play the piano after. So, I'm just going to I think we're at chapter 14. Is that right? Well, good morning to everyone I missed this morning. Sorry about that. Good to have each one that's here. And thank the Lord it rained at the house. Got over an inch yesterday. So, I saw it, but I didn't get it. <laughs> well, we got it yesterday. I believe we're at chapter 14. Is that right? The 14th chapter of Genesis. It's starting to go get, it is about to get really good, the study of Abraham. Uh, really good. Uh, if no one has a word, we'll get started. And here we go. And it came to pass in the days of, can I call him Bubba? <laughs> king of Shinar, Ariot, king of Elisar, Fred, king of Elam and title king of nations turn down just a tick please i'm hearing myself too much thank you i'm not going to read all these names i promise but um i'm just going to point out a couple of high points in these first few chapters apparently there was two groups of kings at this time one in the north and one in the south down around uh, where sodom was and the descendants in the north were descendants of uh, Seth. The descendants of the south were descendants of Ham. And what did Noah say? These would serve these? Well, at this time, the kings of the north were demanding tributes out of the kings of the south. They were serving them just as Noah said. But the kings of the south got tired of it. 
and decided no more. So here comes the kings of the north to take care of business. And you'll find in verse 9, we'll say, well, let's back, well, verse 10. They're chasing them now. The kings of the north are chasing the kings of the south. And in verse 10, and the vale of Siddim was full of slime pits, or, or the valley. And the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell there, and they that remained fled to the mountains. And I think it's important that we notice there, but the valley of Siddim, or Sidon, now is the Dead Sea. And even from what I could read, even to today, blobs of bitumen, we might call it tar, asphalt, petroleum-based yuck bubbles up in the Dead Sea. I think that's really important to remember that. That at that time, it was a a mass of, we'll call it tar, for lack of a better word. Uh, and it wouldn't be appropriate in that part of the world, petroleum, that's where most of it comes from, Middle East. But I want us to remember that, about what's there. We're going to need that later on, okay? It mentions here, your valley, they call it slime pits, and I'm sure it was slimy. So the kings of the north took, took, ran the kings of the south into the slime pits, and there they were. I don't know if they just slaughtered them there, if they got stuck in them like quicksand or what. But just remember about those slime pits in the Valley of Siddam. Then we'll pick the story back up. And they took all the goods of Sodom and Gomorrah and all their victuals, 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 and went their way, and they took Lot, Abraham's brother's son, who dwelt in Sodom. We're not, we don't have a tent pitched towards Sodom anymore, do we? We're now living in Sodom. Don't, don't know if he ever intended to get there when he decided to get that pretty green land, but that's where he wound up. That's where he wound up, was living in Sodom. They took him and his goods and departed. And there came one that escaped and told Abraham the Hebrew, for he dwelt in the plain of Mamre the Amorite, brother of Eshkoth and brother of Amir. And these were confederate with Abraham. And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants both in his own house, born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. And I kind of thought, what, what, what lesson, what, 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 what's this mean to me, this particular story? And I was eating my Frosted Flakes last night about 9.30, and the Lord gave it to me, the, the thought in this. He was helping family. I go back to family. Family was in, someone in the family was in need. 
and Abraham was going to address it. Now I go back to what we talked about the church family. About when someone in the church family is in need, the church will address it. You know? I don't know what I do without my church family. My nearest relative is in South Florida, close relative. But I have brothers and sisters everywhere. Yeah. That I'm actually closer to than my, my own flesh and blood brother and sister. Yeah. I love them, uh, but not like my church family. And uh, I just kept thinking about that when I was eating my frosted flakes. Abram saw a church, someone in his family, which at that time you could have called that the Old Testament church, Abraham's family, his tribe, his, his uh, whatever we want to call it. What word we used last week? His clan, that's right. Yeah, his, his clan. Someone in the clan needed help. You know, it could have crossed Abraham's mind, well, he got what he deserved. Could it not? He had four directions and he picked the wrong one. So now he, but now somebody in the family is in trouble. I'm going to help them. Yeah. Look, my, my aunt used to have to say, she was always everybody's favorite aunt. Uh, she said, in our family, we got problems. And we can discuss it in the family, but everybody else better leave it alone. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is family though. Somebody's got to do something here. What's that? He's a scoundrel, but he's our scoundrel? Yeah. <laughs> Anyone else? And, the, and he divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them, and pursued them under Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. Why is it always good to fight it, to fight a battle at night? Because they don't know how many of them, how many of you they are. Yeah. What? Yeah, that's what we use night vision goggles today for the advantage at night. Remember when um, the children of Israel each got up on the mountain and busted their globe? Those folks in the valley, for all they knew, there's a million of them up there. Whereas in reality, there's a handful. But yeah, the advantage of fighting at night and attacking is they don't know how many of you they are. They and don't they, know where you are, and you do know where you are. And they're going to assume the worst, because they were asleep when all this started. Yeah. Verse 16, and he brought back all the goods and also brought again his brother Lot and his goods and the women also and the people. Here again, Abraham risked an awful lot, didn't he? And an awful lot of men had faith in him to go with him. I mean, they're fighting an army five kings. And now, when we get into verse 17, Abraham, or Abram at this time, meets two people. And notice how each one Abraham responds to. And the king of Sodom went out to meet Abram after his return from the slaughter of Cheddar, whatever, Bubba, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaven, which is the king's dale. 
but also this fellow called Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. Now, how could two kings be more 180 degrees out with each other? Here's one, the king of Sodom, and here's one that said, the priest of the Most High God. If you want to turn with me, we'll stop right there just a second and go to Hebrews chapter number 7. The writer of Hebrews gives us some more in-depth information in this character Melchizedek. And I'll tell you right now, if you, if you go studying it, there's a lot of controversy in, in the circles about who he actually was. Well, let's see if we can find it. Right. The writer of Hebrews wrote in the seventh chapter, beginning in the first verse, he starts talking and gives us a little more insight into this gentleman. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him. So first of all, we know we got the right fellow. Same story. But Melchizedek blessed Abraham. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all. So I find in Scripture where the greater blesses the lesser, right? You never see a son bless the father in a family. It's always the father blesses the, the greater blesses the lesser. And also the lesser gives offering, sacrifice, whatever to the greater, right? Okay. King and here back into verse 2 first being by interpretation king of righteousness and after that also king of Salem which is king of peace as they would say hmm I want to point something else out too Salem put a J-U-R-U-S-L Jerusalem Jerusalem yeah he was king of Jerusalem. He was also without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abiding a priest continually. Now, had the priesthood been set up yet? No, that's way on down in Moses' time, isn't it? But here we found us a priest. Now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave a tent of the spoils. And verily they that are the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law that is of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that hath the promise. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, 
But there he receiveth him, of whom it is written, He that liveth, and also I may so say, Levi also, whom received tithes, paid tithes in Abraham, for he was yet in the loins of his father when Melchizedek met him. Now, I read all that to say this. In Michael's little two cents worth, we're looking at an Old Testament Christ here. Okay? I really, that's my feelings about it. The Christ, I mean, he was there from the beginning. No father, no mother, no continually high priest of Jerusalem. Is that not where he was slain? Yeah. I just, and I read some of the other opinions, but I, I just, I just have to feel Abraham met the Old Testament Christ here. And Christ blessed Abraham, and Abraham gave a tenth of all he had to him. Anybody with a different opinion or thought on that, please speak up, because that's Michael's two, one and a half cents worth, okay? I don't think I have two cents this morning. Anybody? Ma'am? I'm confused. How does... I just, I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe I'll get it. Sure. Abraham is coming back from the defeat, or the Bible said the slaughter <laughs> of those north kings that took Lot. Right. And he's on his way back home. He met the king of, Salem, of Sodom, he was the, one of the wicked cities and he met another king called the king of Salem we'll see later he doesn't have any business with the king of Sodom but he gave offering to the king of Salem and from what I can study in Hebrews I feel like that king of Salem that priest he met was actually Christ himself okay. the Old Testament in the Old Testament And to me, all those things in Hebrews just verifies that fact. And Christ blessed him. Okay? That's cool. Okay. Yes, it is cool. It's really cool. Ma'am? Even the offering like that is, I mean, it's that's the form of worship. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in the Old Testament, you can see Christophany, a form of the Lord. Uh, of Jesus in the Old Because he can take 
Yes. Jerusalem. Yeah. Jerusalem. Yeah. Jerusalem. As part of it, and that Christophany. And it's just beautiful how the Lord is from the beginning. He said, I'm the Alpha, and like I said in Revelation, I'm the Alpha and Omega. I am the beginning, and I am the end. And Genesis does that full circle. So we can always see the Lord throughout the whole scripture. Mm -hmm. He's present. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Christ. Amen. From front to back. And, and in too many circles in this world, I hear a lot of talk about God, but not Christ. Amen. And if I do hear about Christ, they sure don't mention a cross. Yeah. But I'll, make, I'll try to explain a little more of that the way I saw it. Abraham was the father of the nation of Israel, right? So in essence, in his loins were the Levites. So therefore, the priesthood that was set up with Aaron gave tithes to Christ right here. Yeah. Okay? The lesser priest giving tithes to the greater priest. Everybody good with that? Okay. Well, Michael, in, in John, the first chapter and the first verse, mm -hmm. um, and, you know, in other words, um, Abram met the word right here. Yes. And uh, he, uh, he blessed him. Um, and I, I think he was blessed with the word. And uh, the word was with God and the word was God. Amen. And nothing was created without him. And, uh, and so right here, the the children of uh, the true church of God um, was established uh, in this meeting. And just the, just my thinking, when I'm driving down the road, I thought, you know, all this time, was this the first time he'd met the Lord face to face or not? And I really couldn't come up with an answer there. So the first time it's accounted. First time it's counted, but I, I just wonder if, if before this had Abraham met him face to face like this. Don't does know. He, does he realize that that's who that is? I think he does when he blesses him. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I would I would say that he realized who he was because he gave him ten percent of what he had. Right. And that that's a good example. Money t money talks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's a good example for us. Yeah. yeah. And the government. Let me just start back with the 18th verse now. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine. Where have we seen bread and wine before? Where does that pop up in the Bible? Maybe at the Last Supper? Yeah. He was going to commune with Abraham. Yeah. Michael, where in Hebrews were you reading? Seven. Yeah. I think we'll make sure. Yes. Seventh chapter, one through ten. And he was the priest of the Most High God. Because in the Old Testament, priest, the high priest would die, somebody would take his place. 
But he said later on that this Melchizedek was high priest forever. And that Christ would be our high priest forever. Never to be replaced. We don't have to worry about a high priest dying or forgetting about us. Yeah. We have a high priest in Christ. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And Abraham gave Melchizedek tithes of all. So there he worshipped. He was blessed and he worshipped. And the king of Sodom said unto Abraham, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And let me back up. I think there was a little bit of time between verses 20 and 21. I don't think they were standing there beside each other, okay? I think the meeting with Abraham and Christ happened. And then, and my, you know, I don't know a short amount of time, but I think it was a time span. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up mine hand unto the Lord, the Most High God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldest say, I have made Abram rich. Now I just wonder, when did he lift his hand up and make that promise to the Lord? I have to say that was somewhere in verse 19, 19 or 20. Yeah. Somewhere during that period. He didn't need anything that the king of Sodom had, did he? No. But he needed everything that that king of Jerusalem had. Yeah. And the church doesn't need anything in the world. No, we don't. No, we don't. And we sure don't need to try their techniques and tricks and everything, their ways. Sure. We serve a much higher priest. Amen. Yeah. But he didn't want to take anything. He promised the Lord he wouldn't take anything from the king of Sodom. Because he didn't want him to say, I've made Abraham rich. Save only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went with me, Abner, Eshcol, and Mamre, let them take their portion. It's odd for anybody else needed, but I don't want anything you have, King of Sodom. Don't need it. I've, met, I've already met somebody much greater than you. Now I think that's a pretty good stopping point. Anybody word or comment? Yes, sir, Mr. Kenner, Brother Kenner. Well, later on, I don't know how much later, there were judges uh, Israel, and then kings started. I don't think they wanted to have kings. Mm -hmm. Correct. So, do we know that uh, Jerusalem had kings other than Melchizedek? Oh, yeah, there would have been uh, David, uh, Solomon, and then several after that, yeah. After yeah, yeah. But he was the true king. Yeah, the true king. The eternal king. Yeah. Anybody else? But like he said, they didn't want a king. But they were 
allowed to have a king because the people wanted the king. We wanted to be like the other nations that had kings. And God was trying to convince them that they didn't need a king, that they had a king in the Lord. Anybody else? Right, we're going to see in verse 15 now, after this meeting of, of Abram with Christ, their relationship's about to get a whole lot deeper, a whole lot more meaningful, really quick. Well, Melchizedek translates king of Jerusalem. So this person, which is Christ, never Christ? Right. Right. Except on the cross. Okay. So that's where, that's where it comes. Yeah. I'm just trying to remind That's cool. That's cool. <laughs> the only bad question is the one you don't ask because three other people are thinking the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate everybody's help this morning.